Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Word for today from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that is in you. You be seated. So we are wrapping up this sermon series on this um, book by Pastor Greg Finke titled Joining Jesus. It's also grounded in scripture. Joining Jesus in our everyday lives is the theme for today. Uh, we started off this series about three weeks ago focusing on one individual. And that individual was Jesus Christ. After all, it's his mission. He's the one that's in the business of redeeming and, and restoring uh, the lost uh, and erring uh, back to himself. Uh, also, Pastor Branch then said, The church is the agent whom which God uses as missionaries. Vicar Wolf last week did an excellent job of, of giving us a bird's eye view of, of talking about God at work in the world, in the church at work in the world, and then he brought it down to the United States and the challenges that we face there, and then he brought it down to our community. And today I get to talk to you about one individual again, and this time that individual is you. So, all right, congregation participation time. Everybody take your pointer finger. This is uh, everybody now. All right, everybody take your pointer finger, point it way up in the air, all right, and turn it and point it right back at you. Keep it there. Keep, come on, back up. Right back here. And as you do that, would you say these words with me pointing at yourself? Jesus is inviting me on his mission. Who is he inviting? All right, you're not going to remember anything else about the sermon other than pastor said do this, right? Well, if you remember that, then you got the gist of what I wanted to talk to you today about. Another thing that Vicar mentioned as he recorded the disciple tip is this can be a frightening thing. And fear of rejection is, is really what stops us. Or fear of reprimand. We don't need to be afraid. Why? We're not doing the hard work. Pastor Greg Finke, one of the things I appreciate about the book is he makes it clear over and over and over that it's not us who's doing the work. It's Jesus who is doing the Jesus work. The work of restoring creation. The work of going to the cross and, and paying for the forgiveness of our sins. Paying for the penalty of our sins and giving us forgiveness. You see, we are beneficiaries of it. We get to receive that gift. And then we also get to, in response, use our lives to touch other people's lives with the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Do this with me. If you're a little nervous about sharing your faith, um, take in a deep breath and then breathe out. All right? You don't need to fear. Jesus says pretty clearly in Scripture, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. See, Jesus is in the business of changing hearts. He does that through the power of the Holy Spirit. And then also in John 14, again, he reminds us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So if Jesus is the one that does the heavy lifting, if Jesus is the one that does, is, is the one who saves, then what does that mean for us, what does it mean for us to be joining him as everyday missionaries? Well, this is where I want to borrow from the Stephen Ministry logo. 
might be a familiar picture to you as you've seen it through some of our church publications, but the writing's a little small. So here's what it says around the cross. It says, Christ caring for people through people. We're those agents that Jesus uses to touch lives. Now let me, let me give you an illustration. There's a lady named Mimi. Mimi spends an awful lot of time at the local post office, okay, in her neighborhood. She's there often. And, and one particular day, there's is quite a long line. And, and Mimi is standing there. And, and one do-gooder looks over at her, and she sees she doesn't have any packages. And she assumes that she's just there to buy stamps. To, you, you know you don't have to stand in line to buy stamps. You, you can go to that machine over there. And Mimi smiles, and she goes, yeah, but the machine's not going to ask me about my arthritis. She needs human touch. She needs human contact, and she has to go to the post office to find it. Do you know people like that? Do you know people like Mimi? Can you relate to Mimi? Someone that's just longing to be seen, someone longing to be recognized, someone longing to be asked, how's your arthritis doing? Someone that just needs human relationship. Now, now here's the important piece of that story. How is Mimi, let's say Mimi is not a Christian. Let's say Mimi has no idea the story, the account of what Jesus did on a cross. How is Mimi going to know that the postal worker who's on the other side of the counter is a Christian and cares about her so much so that she wants to ask about her arthritis and she's attempting to build a relationship to show you're not alone. I'm here. My Lord is here. How is Mimi going to know unless someone tells her about Jesus? She's not. Right? Scripture is extremely clear on this. It's not on the screen. It says this in Romans 10. It says, How then will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Or I like to use the word sharing. You and I get to share Jesus every opportunity that we, we can. We can build relationships with people and we can talk about the reason why we have hope. We do that in season and out of season. What is the reason that you have hope? It's Jesus Christ. It's him crucified and risen. Him dwelling within us. It's the gospel message that we get to live out as salt and light. Now maybe you're thinking to yourself, Pastor, I really, I get it. Uh, there's just so much that I'm involved in, I've got, I'm being pulled in a hundred different directions, and, and I really just don't have time to add anything more to my plate. Well, the beautiful thing about all of this is Jesus isn't asking you to add anything more. He's not. He's just asking you to simply pray this prayer. Would you say it with me? Lord, open my eyes so that I may see what you want me to see. He wants us to join him where he's already working now. About a year and a half ago, I was, had the opportunity to go visit some folks in the hospital. And as I was going around the, those hospital rounds, I, I found myself over at the rehab facility in Saginaw and uh, was visiting one of our members that had fallen. And it was going to be a long, long road to recovery. They... They were depressed, they were down, but I had a chance to visit with them and talk with them. And uh, just as I was getting ready to wrap up that visit, in walks a therapist, 
And that therapist was getting ready to take the patient, our member, off to their next therapy appointment. I said, would it be okay if I just did a prayer first? And the therapist said, would it be okay if I join you? Yeah. And so the three of us prayed. Now here's why this is cool. That was a Monday. The next time any church worker or pastor would get to the hospital would be on Wednesday. Yet this person's struggling with depression, thinking they're alone. Now they know that the therapist not only cares about them physically, but spiritually as well. You think that patient, that member, is going to do just a little bit more knowing they're not alone because someone's looking out for them, willing to pray with them when it's hard? Yeah. Now, did that therapist have to add anything more to their schedule? No. Did that therapist have to go to a meeting at the church? No. Did that therapist have to get any special training? No. She just simply joined Jesus where he was already at work. St. Lawrence, I'm seeing this kind of activity everywhere in this community by you. Right? I'm talking about the retiree that makes it a point to go over to any of our convalescent homes or over to Independence Village or assisted livings just, just to visit, to show people they're not alone. People care about them in Jesus' name. I'm talking about the person that has a garden. Now, as a city kid, to me, it looks like a farm. But to you country folk, it, it looks like it's just a garden, right? A farm is like 400,000 of acres. I just do this. And yet, here's what they do. They, they are blessed with their gifts that God has given in the produce, and they go all throughout the neighborhood sharing, saying, God's blessed me, and I want to give, back to, I want to give some to you as well as a blessing. This is the person who recognizes a name in the obituary and makes it a point to get over to the funeral home to offer a word of hope or comfort or maybe prayer with a family that's grieving so that they know that they don't have to grieve alone. This is the willing worker who's got a trade, a skill, and they use those abilities to labor all over the community for Christ. This is the teacher who, when we gather for staff devotions, when prayer requests are asked for, says, I have a student that's facing a challenge, that's facing a trial. Can we pray for them as well? St. Lawrence, we know how to show people how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. We know how to be everyday missionaries. We already know it. But the beautiful thing is now is we can be intentional about doing this each and every aspect of our lives. And if you want to get involved, and maybe you're saying, all right, well, where do I start? We start with that prayer. Lord, open my eyes. Help me see where you are working. But another thing that we need to do is come and be fed and encouraged. I'm going to talk a little bit about the questions that you see on the screen in just a little bit. But the best thing that we can do on a regular basis is gather for worship. Why is that? I'm not talking about once every month, once every Christmas, or once every wedding or funeral. I'm talking about every week. Why? Because it's here where we are told and reminded of what Jesus has been up to in our lives, the forgiveness that he's worked for us. It's here where we're fed and we're nourished by the gospel. Think of this as mission central. Mission Central, where God gives us our marching orders out for Operation Frankenmuth. Do you know what Operation Frankenmuth is? Simple. Here it is. Jesus, 
every day, in every heart, in every home. Can you imagine if our community lived that out? Oh, we would be a light on a hill, giving witness to the work of our Almighty Father. Every day, every heart, every home, Jesus. These are some questions that are in the book that you can be asking yourself on a regular basis as you try and do this intentionally. One of them, how do you see God at work in your life? That's that prayer that we pray. Lord, open my eyes. Let me see what you want me to see. What has he been teaching in his word? In other words, we're in the Bible. What kind of conversations are we having, especially with pre-Christians or people that don't yet believe? Are we talking about Jesus? What good can we do around here? And then, how can we help in prayer? Five basic questions. If you, if you don't memorize very well, they're in your service folder on the back inside cover. Go ahead and take that home with you today. Don't put it in the recycle thingy over here. Take it home, put it in your Bible, put it on your fridge, and use those questions. All right? Okay. So, point your fingers back up. And point yourself, and what do we say? Yeah, I've already forgotten. <laughs> One more time. Way back up. Point our finger. Jesus is inviting me on his mission. All right, now do that again. Point your finger back up, down to yourself. Say it. Will you join him? <laughs> Lord, help us, please. Will you join them every day? Yes. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses. You can stand up. Sorry. We all need help. May the peace of God that surpasses all our understanding guard our hearts and lives in Christ Jesus. Amen.